Welcome to the A-Trade Sports Talk Podcast, and boy, have we have a lot to get to today, and we're going to dive right into it as this is our 99th episode, and we're going to be talking bowl games, bowl games, and more bowl games. Yes, Cincinnati, Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. So stay tuned to the A-Trade Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor, Anthony Smith. That episode starts next. Happy New Year. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com. That's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com to enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, and we have quite a bit to get to, as I said in my intro, a lot of college football, a lot of important games, the semifinals of the college football playoffs, but what I want to do first, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to start off with a five-minute interview that was conducted and it's called 2020 through the eyes of the wives of college football. And these are the four wives of the coaches that are in the college football playoff, which would be the wife of Ryan day, Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban and coach Kelly. So I want to go ahead and play that right now. Hi! Hi, ladies! Hi, Pocky! Hey. Hi, Kathleen! Hi, Hi Nina! Hi, Nina. Hey, Miss Tara! Hi. Very dear. First of all, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. This is probably going to be the most interesting interview I get to do all season, and that's not no shade to your husbands, but I love the first ladies of the college football playoff. This is a really a wonderful time. Not only do we have Christmas and the holidays, um, but we have something really fun to look forward to. You know, you, you love to see that the, the players are going to be rewarded by having an opportunity to play with these other great great teams and Nina for you it was almost like we didn't know that there was going to be a Big Ten season 
for a long time. We didn't think this was even an opportunity or something that we could ever um, be at. So in a year of 2020 where nothing was guaranteed, um, I'm grateful to be here. When we finally got to play on that first opening day, it was a healing kind of thing. Like I just, like Christina was saying, I know that the big time was much later, but just getting to that first game and getting it done, seeing there were so many hurdles to get there. Kathleen, we know that Dabble has such a, a positive personality. How would you describe how he's been able to process or how you guys have processed as a family what this season has been like for you two? It's been kind of difficult because usually all the coaches' wives and our staff and the children were all over there. We all just try to look on the bright side. Like they're getting to play every week. They're, they work so hard. And at the end of the day, there's a game on Saturday. So that's all that, that really matters for this year. Describe what you've had to do to make sure that you could make it to this moment in the end of the season. We had to mitigate the exposure to Ryan, so um, he decided the best thing for our family was to kind of to move out, um, out back into our guest suite um, for about seven weeks. And then when he tested positive, um, he kind of got through those 10 days and he could move back into the house and things are kind of back to normal now. You mentioned the positive test, and Miss Terry, you had to deal with it as well as Coach Saban tested positive. Our study is like a balcony over top of this kitchen area where I am right now. And I, so I could hear through an open window everything, all of his meetings. And they had a camera uh, from the tower where he could watch all of practice. And I, I mentioned that poor Charlie Strong had uh, a microphone in his ear that Nick was talking to Charlie and saying, you know, no, run it again. That's not right. Um, so in many ways, I appreciated being a part of it. And I think um, when someone does get sick, that the next guy can come up and Dabo was so excited, um, you know, for maybe the third string um, receiver or alignment or whomever it may be to give the next guy their opportunity. You're absolutely right. And I have to concur that the kids benefited in that way. But I think the coaches too, at the discipline end of it, because that was kind of our joke with my kids. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be the one that brings down my <laughs> I just am so happy to see all of y'all. I just, I do feel like there's a, um, uh, you know, a, a bond between coaches' wives. I love to hear um, just, you know, the way that y'all do things in another school or in, in um, Pocky. We, when we were at Notre Dame last month in November, what a beautiful campus. It's a beautiful place to, to stop by and see all of what it is for sure. Great tradition. We're we're usually cheering for Notre Dame. You usually cheer for Notre Dame. I'm just I'm sorry. Coming <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> from a long line of Catholics here. Okay. okay. I mean, Nick was altar boy. <laughs> Nina, Kathleen, you'll be in New Orleans, and you're going against each other. So, any message? When I was with Nina last year, we worked at the food pantry together, and I just so enjoyed hanging out with her, and she's so sweet. And I, and I appreciate Kathleen because I, I did have a few questions for her last year. I was over the, you know, deer in headlights at that, that, that first bowl game. You were amazing, and I appreciate all the support that you gave me and that you continue to give me. I do. I really appreciate it. I feel like it's an honor that we have an opportunity to play a great program like Notre Dame and that we both come out of the other side of it um, honored to have been able to play each other. Everyone's worked hard that's here today talking in their teams and their programs. I know I speak from the families and, and some of the players' parents as well. 
how glad that they were that we're here playing. Yeah, and I think in a year where nothing was guaranteed, I think every game played was a small success story in 2020. Amen. Roll Tide. <laughs> Go Bucks. Go Tigers. Go Irish. What a fascinating interview that was. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Especially when you see all these uh all these reality shows, real high housewives and all that. Maybe they should come up with a show and call it as it was said in the onset of that the first ladies of college football playoff. I think that should be an annual thing. It's amazing the interaction that they had in the interview, how they all seem like they just know each other. So that was a very insightful interview. And like I said, the interaction, you, it doesn't get any better than that. It's like this is the other side of football that we don't see. We see the competitive juices flowing. Sometimes we see the ugly side of it like we saw between Mississippi State and Tulsa. So, that being said, let's go ahead and bring you up to speed on what happened today. And I think what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and start with The bowl games, well, that's all we have are the bowl games. But game that really, I really tuned into was the Georgia versus Cincinnati game. You know, I've been on the bandwagon of it's time that they do something different to allow some of these other teams to play even as far as stretching it out to a 12 team playoff situation whereas you have the top four teams they will get a bye and teams five through 12 will play it out and then whoever wins that they go on to play teams one through four And I think that would allow for teams like a Cincinnati to get in. As a matter of fact, Cincinnati today in their game against Georgia. It was a hard fought game. And we are going to see what the results are of that game turned out to be. So let's go ahead and cue that up. Georgia against Cincinnati. Coming in with his first career game-winning field goal attempt. New Year. 
Wait a second. Two seconds left, though. Two seconds left. He got it. Bulldogs are running onto the field. There's a flag down at the 40-yard line. Kudlewski. Career-long. Game on the line. Goes Reno. No doubt. Right down the middle. And I think Mr. Kudlewski, I don't think he'll be having to buy his own food or drinks in Athens anytime soon. Wow. What a kick and what a drive by JT Daniels. Leading this team down. Remember, just his fourth start of the season. Puts them in prime position to get the field goal attempt. He did put themselves on top. Heck yeah, he knew it. And those were the highlights from Georgia versus Cincinnati, a game in which Cincinnati put up a valiant effort, and I think they might have gained a lot of respect for the way they played that game, but they came out on the short end on a Jake Paul Lesney 53-yard field goal with three seconds remaining. And number 11, Georgia handed number six, Cincinnati, its first loss of the season with a dramatic 24-21 victory in the Peach Bowl on Friday. The uh, game leaders in that for passing yards, JT Daniels was 26 of 38 for 392 yards passing, one TD, one interception. Ryder for Cincinnati was 24 of 37 for 206 yards. TDs, no picks. For rushing for Georgia, it was White, 11 carries, 39 yards, one TD. For Cincinnati, Jay Ford, 8 carries, 97 yards, one TD. Top receivers for Georgia, G. Pickens, 7 receptions, 135 yards, one TD. Cincinnati, M. Young Jr., four receptions, 59 yards. So let's give you the recap of how this game played out. In the first quarter with 438, Cincinnati scored a TD on Alec Pierce, 14-yard pass from Desmond Ryder. Uh, Cole Smith kicked the field goal to make it Cincinnati 7, Georgia 0. It was a seven-play, 42-yard drive that consumed three minutes 45 seconds. Then Georgia takes over. And with 29 seconds, George Pickens, 16-yard pass from JT Daniels. Jake Paltlesny kicks the field goal. It was a five-play, 44 yards, with which they consumed two minutes and seven seconds of time. Ties the game up at seven apiece. Later on, Jake Paul Lesney, 37-yard field goal. It was six plays, 60 yards, consumed two minutes and 51 seconds. Georgia takes the lead 10-7. Well, not to be outdone, Josh Wild with an 11-yard pass from Desmond Ryder. Nine plays, 75 yards, consumed three minutes and 40 seconds. Cincinnati's back on top. Score, 14-10. So now we move to the third quarter. Jerome Ford, 79-yard run. That drive consisted of two plays, 75 yards, only took up 49 seconds. 
Now Cincinnati's up 21 to 10 and look like they're ready to run away with this game. But as the old ball coach Lee Corso would say, not so fast. Oh, now in the fourth quarter, Georgia takes over the ball with 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Zamir White caps off their drive with a nine-yard run. The two-point pass conversion failed. That drive consumed two plays, 25 yards, 41 seconds. And now the score is Georgia 16, Cincinnati 21. With 6.43 to go in the fourth quarter, Georgia takes over again. Jake Polesny, 32-yard field goal, six plays, 61 yards, two minutes, 16 seconds is all it took. Now Cincinnati's only down. I mean, Georgia's only down three points with that field goal that made the score Cincinnati 21, Georgia 19. Then, with three seconds left, Paul Lesney connects connects on a 53-yard field goal which gives them a 22-21 lead. Then what made the score 24-21? With no time left, team safety. One play, minus two yards. And that's how Georgia comes away with the 24-21 victory over Cincinnati. So what does this do for Cincinnati? I think that I think it puts them on the map. I think as long as Luke Fickle is still their coach, he can get players in there and not just players, but players that can compete against, well, let's say the Georgias. Who's to say they can't compete against Ohio State? When you look at how things have played out now, and I'm trying not to get too far ahead, but if you look at how things have played out, who's to say that Maybe Cincinnati and Ohio State wouldn't have made a good competitive game. And I will get into that a little bit later. But I think it's time that they expand the college football playoffs. I think this would have been a good year to do it, make some special concessions especially on circumstances in which they had to play under with COVID-19 games being postponed, rescheduled. I think this would have been a good time to make some concessions on the fly. Well, we're not through yet. We are going to dive into some more of these games because the semifinals were today. Notre Dame, Alabama started the festivities, capped off by Clemson and in Dabo Sweeney's eyes, the 11th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. So what I'm going to do right here is I am going to go ahead and pause. And when I come back, we will dive into the college football playoff semifinals. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I'll be back with you in a minute. 
Anthony Smith here with A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back once again to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And what I want to do, I actually want to take you back because in giving you my bowl rundowns, there was one game that I forgot to highlight. And I'm hoping that even some of the highlights that I want, that they will actually come up because it was a game between Wake Forest and Wisconsin. Here go some of these highlights right here. Years ago, outmatched UCF. I think this is going to be a fair fight tonight, and that's picked off. Not reading the defense, and Noel Burke steps in front. Hartman does save a pick six. He's trying to dump this ball off to Cameron Beal Smith. Christian Beal Smith, he never turns around for it. It almost looked like Noel Burks was the intended receiver, but Beal Smith never gets his head around. There's an interesting note now. That pertains to the Sugar Bowl, my friends. Oh, we got oh, picked off. He might go, Taylor. Scott Take Nelson over. inside the 30 to the goal line, marked out at the two. Yeah, to think on the handoff, they might be thinking four down territory. Tried to force one in there to Roberson. Nelson's just reading the eyes of the quarterback, jumps around. That's a touchdown. I don't see him stepping out of bounds. Uh, maybe right there at the four-yard line, it looked like. Which is right foot. I don't know. We'll take another look at that, I would think. Staff, they do have great depth on that offensive staff, so they will miss Elliott, but they should be all right with Trevor Lawrence and company. We've got There's another interception. How about that? Jack Sanborn steps in front, and the junior from Deer Park, Illinois, gets his first interception on the year, and Hartman is having a disastrous second half. We'll boast in them to see if they can uncover, unlock the coverage. Can't hit again. Jumping the route are the Badgers going the other way. It is Colin Wilder. Tackled by Hartman at the three. 
They're going to look for the, look at that. I mean, he jumped it just like Nelson did. And now they're taking turns at safety. Who's going to jump the route? A miserable fourth quarter back home in Charlotte for Sam Hartman. Three complete. And that was highlights from Wisconsin Wake Forest. Why did I take out the time, especially when we got championship games being played, to run that particular footage back? Well, if you notice, Wake Forest was a turnover machine. Looked like the intended receivers that he was throwing to were not in white uniforms, but were in red uniforms. Also noted in that game, Wisconsin didn't have no interceptions or no fumbles. That was until after the game. If that makes any sense. Right. I know you got a baffled look on your face right now as I'm saying that. But Wisconsin didn't have any fumbles until after the game. And we are going to cue that up for you right now. So, what was that ruckus about? Well, as I said, Wisconsin didn't have no fumbles until after the game, and that was their post-game celebration as quarterback Graham Mertz was celebrating and dancing around and fumbled the Duke Mayo Trophy, and it broke. Well, the coach has some interesting insight on that. He said he just wanted to make sure everybody had a piece of the trophy. Graham Mertz's response to it was, that's the only time he'll ever drop a trophy. My question is, will he ever touch another trophy? Anyway, that's that for right now. So now let's get to the real task at hand. the college football playoff semi-finals. And actually, there was another game that I can bring you up to speed on. We will get through those highlights. But how about Northwestern, 7-2 to end the season, going up against Auburn. And what a magical season it has been for Northwestern. Football play. A school that pretty much hangs its hat on education. 
It's one of those schools whereas just like Stanford, they look more at your scholastics before they look at your statistics on the field. Anyway, Northwestern took on Auburn in their bowl game. And here we go. And those were some highlights from Northwestern and Auburn. UFC 257, Saturday. As Northwestern took it to Auburn, coming away with a 35-19 victory. Some of the key performers in that game Passing, Bo Nix of Auburn, 25-42 for 292 yards, one touchdown. Top rusher from Northwestern, Cam Porter, 33 carries, 98 yards, and one touchdown. And the top receiver from Auburn, Elijah Canyon, three receptions, 80 yards, and one touchdown. So what are we looking at? Well. We're looking at what took place today. Number four, Notre Dame versus number one, Alabama. And a lot was said about the fact that Alabama was at least a three touchdown favorite. Well, how do you think they did with the explosive offense? We are soon to find out. As as this has been once said, and we know that Clemson is the defending champions, but you have to put Alabama up in the same category. To be the team, you have to beat the team. And if anybody remembers last time we saw Alabama and Notre Dame, it was not a pretty sight. So how do you think it turned out this time? Well, let's find out. Try to give the offense trouble. Quick throw. Here is Devontae Smith. Goodbye. Farewell. Touchdown. only one other guy the question is did he step out of bounds it doesn't appear so waddle working his way back it seems like he might be available for the national championship game in 11 days curdling is harris and now running down the sideline and he's chopped out of bounds deep in irish territory who went up and over nick mcleod that's just unbelievable (laughs) 
first of all, it looked like he was going to lose yardage on the play. He bounces it outside and then instinctively goes right over McLeod and turns it into a huge run. No offense to Travis Etienne and Brees Hall, the other finalists. Play fake by Jones. Has a man wide open. Jaleel Billingsley, another Bama touchdown. It's going to be wide open. Play action. Where's Devontae? We got him covered. Uh-oh, nobody on Billingsley, who has really become fourth and goal. Magnificent drive. Will it yield points? Yes, it will. Kyron Williams slides into the end zone for a Notre Dame touchdown. That Brian Kelly was hoping to see, and it pays off on a fourth and goal touchdown for Notre Dame. The second half of this season. Fake to Najee Harris, and the quick strike to Devontae Smith, and he is in for a touchdown. To stop the run, and he just raises up and throws the quick slant to Devontae Smith. Design roll to the right on first and goal, and he throws to the pylon, and it is caught for another touchdown by Devontae Smith. But the timing and the accuracy on the move by Mac Jones, spectacular. And let's just say 31-14, the final score. As once again, Alabama flexes its dominant muscle over Notre Dame. Last time we seen this, it was Notre Dame led by Manti Teo, and we know how that turned out. And this appeared to have been no different. So I asked this question. Did Notre Dame deserve to be in there? If this is the best you can do. Maybe you make a cause for a Cincinnati. And I know I may sound like an old broken record, but I'm going to keep saying this until they decide to do something different with the playoffs. And it is past time that something be done with the playoffs. You know, Davo Swinney went on record as saying that Ohio State, because their lack of playing games, were the 11th best team in the country. That sounds like bulletin board material. Looking at Notre Dame, maybe Notre Dame was probably the 11th best team in the country. And I know you shouldn't compare, as they say, you you shouldn't compare apples to oranges and you shouldn't compare games to games. But looking at how Cincinnati played against Georgia, And looking how Alabama pretty much manhandled Notre Dame, literally hurling over players such as Harris did. I probably would have had Notre Dame in a a 12-team playoff. I would probably have Notre Dame either at a five or a six. Probably putting him against, well, 
Let me just let y'all think on this. Alabama versus Cincinnati. How do you think that game turns out? Too bad we'll never know. But it's something we can think about. And maybe the NCAA will do something different in the future about that. But once again, final score, Alabama 31, Nordane 14. Next on the big slate, Ohio State, number three, undefeated against Clemson. But let me go ahead and give you the top performers from the Notre Dame-Alabama game. From Alabama quarterback, Mac Jones, 25 of 30 for 297 yards, four touchdowns. Top rusher, Alabama. Najee Harris, 15 carries, 125 yards. Top receiver, Devontae Smith, Alabama. Seven receptions, 130 yards, three TDs. Just total dominance. What more can you say? Which now moves us to our next game, which was Ohio State versus Clemson. I already told you Dabo Sweeney gave Ohio State some bulletin board material. And I have to admit, I wasn't too thrilled about seeing Ohio State giving special concessions first to play in their conference championship without having the minimum amount of games required. But they made it happen. Then, next thing you know, Ohio State's in the college football playoff semifinals. And this is what happens. Him work. I wish I could draw there with you, but you have to watch 89 who works to the outside. Look at 88 right in the middle, wide open if he throws it, but instead he goes to the outside trying to play not just well, but out-duel Trevor Lawrence tonight to show people how good he is. Gotta be careful with that mindset though, don't you? Drops back, there's a man wide open, it's Rutter, two touchdowns, the Buckeyes tight ends tonight, in off to the left, he's just gonna hide. He's waiting with the action, rolls, just kind of hides, waits for everybody to move over. Nobody picks him up. And they come. Third and 13, field, touchdown time. And now takes off, makes a cut. It's a hard hit by Skarsky, knocks him down. Two yards short, and Fields is still down. Yeah, and it doesn't matter when you use the crown of the helmet. It doesn't matter whether you go high, whether you go midsection. This is crucial now as the Buckeyes try to stretch the seven-point lead. Fields on the run. Watch this for the end zone. Coming back. Exactly right. Gets up. Finds Olave, who he spread it around. 15 completions, seven different receivers. Makes it tough on the defense. In the pocket, a strike across the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Rucker again. Take the defender right over the middle of the field with him. Now Rucker kind of gives an outside look, 
I'm telling you, he's like a receiver. kind of working towards the middle he takes that crossing route opens it up for the post and then justin field shows you the arm strength he's closed they got 14 minutes to protect this lead look at the head to it Fields down the field Cobra touchdown jameson williams this is a truly special tonight see nolan turner both safeties i talked about venables needing to roll the dice a bit being aggressive it means leaving those corners on island and yes let's just say so much for ohio state being the 11th ranked team as they boat raced clemson by a final score of 49 to 28. What sealed the deal for them? Plain and simple. Ohio State, 21 points in the second quarter. Blanking Clemson in the second quarter. Take away the 21 points, and we're looking at an overtime game easily. Because in the first quarter, 14-14. Third quarter, 7-7. Fourth quarter, Seven to seven, but you can't take away that 21 point outburst, and Clemson couldn't seem to get untracked. A lot is going to be said though. Clemson didn't have their offensive coordinator who was out with COVID issues, which meant they had another coordinator pretty much game planning, and Clemson just pretty much looked lost. Justin Fields, going into this game, a lot was said that he hadn't looked very sharp. Well, I think when you give a team bulletin board material and you're looking at a guy that you was, what, 30 minutes away from in high school, and you're looking across at the projected number one quarterback in the NFL draft, and all you're hearing is Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, that tends to give you a chip on the shoulder. I think what really did it, though, and the real spark was the fact that after Justin Fields took that hard shot to which Skolowski got ejected for targeting, and he came back in and threw that touchdown pass, and you could tell he was still ginger. I think that set the tone for this team. This team showed toughness. This team showed fortitude and a lot of grit. So. Notre Dame gets steamrolled by Alabama. Ohio State gets crushes Clemson, which makes you wonder if Ohio State can win this game against Alabama, what do you think Dabo Swinney will rank Ohio State at after that game? I'm pretty sure there are some people getting ready to Pencil in Alabama as the next national champion. But once again, as the old ball coach Lee Corso would say, not so fast. That's why the games are played on the fields. In between the hashes and the lines, 
and not on paper. I will say this. I think the game will probably be a shootout. Well, this is my 99th episode. And just want to say that I have enjoyed doing what I'm doing. And I hope you have enjoyed it as well. My 100th episode is going to be, I would like to call it my epic 100th episode. I already know. I'm going to go ahead and give you this. The guest on my 100th episode will be former Newman University basketball coach who is now a motivational speaker, Mark Potter. The man comes with a lot of credentials. He coached for over 30 years. He has overcome some battles and now he's going around spreading his message very respectable family man has left an impact on his teams that he coached not just in the game of basketball but in the game of life where it counts the most so I look forward to having that interview with Mark Potter. Also, we will get you ready for the final week of the NFL as well. So there will be quite a bit on that 100th episode. I will probably get my good buddy Rick Thomas back on. I also want to say while I'm thinking about it, I was trying to effort getting my buddy Scott Styles on, but him and his wife, Shannon, they will be celebrating their wedding anniversary. So I'm going to say a shout out to Scott and Shannon Styles, people I respect with the utmost. And this 100th episode, we're just going to have fun with it. We will probably step outside the lines a little bit when talking with Mark Parter because it's not going to be as much about basketball, but if you want to know what it's going to be about, you will have to tune into the podcast. But until the next time, take care of yourself and each other. And I look forward to you listening in on the next podcast. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith, signing off. Once again, Happy New Year.